can truly, surely, woo a sigh of relief that 2022 is in the rear view mirror. There was the untimely death of my father and my gangster sister's health crisis and all of us getting COVID and we didn't die. I am here as a testimony to the survival and thriving. No excuses and no patience for pity parties. I'm gonna be talking about how to glow up as a podcaster or not. Good black news and words of encouragement and shade if you stupid. What I'm reading, the Dallas Cowboys and other things, football and sports, pop culture news, donkeys donking and side eye shenanigans. I like the part of the podcast where I talked about over 40 dating and other relationship issues. Quark's bar dedicated to podcasts, reality TV recaps. Join me as I fuss and have a moment as I kick and stomp my way through the next iteration of my life. Join me for this rocking good time. And thank you for listening. I am basically doing what I love and I hope comes through every time I create content for my podcast channel. Tim Fro is reading. I am recording my podcast. I just had a very restful uh, weekend, slowly but surely, sorting through mail after being gone for two and a half months, um, having to negotiate around driveway so my neighbors won't roll run into my flatbed and RV. And then I still get to interview great people and just interact with fans and watch some of my favorite TV. It wasn't like I could not see my reality uh, TV like I wanted to when I was on the road. That just made me uh, remember that I have to get the WineGuard Wi-Fi because of the sketchity of the KOA Wi-Fi. Not every KOA is created equal. Um, I'm not a fan of the Santee gravel lots in South Carolina. I have a thing against the spots being unpaved and just kind of close together. I was always scared that I was going to hit somebody or take out somebody with the flatbed. That's what made me realize that I really never want to tow anything ever again, unless it's like a little small toot-toot car and it has like one of those T-connected things. I'm cool with that, but a full flatbed, girl, ain't nobody fitting to do that. But even with the first world problems of glamping, I still am just always in awe about the uh, good things or what my show is actually doing in the potosphere. I'm up to 144.3 thousand downloads and I'm, I'm showing no signs of stopping. I'm also uh, through WordPress, my blog is still um, getting several hundred thousand views a month. I'm actually very, very happy with that. 
most of the time I'm I get sometimes like weekly 10,000 views. So it's, it's wonderful. It's again, if somebody will take the time to read my blog or listen to my podcast or even watch my clips on YouTube, I need to go to see how that's actually performing. I got, I'm still working on increasing my subscribers. Um, I'm going to come back to brace yourself for Real Housewives of Atlanta season 15. It is guaranteed to be a trip, but that's neither here nor there. The clips that have the most clicks have to do with reality TV or especially Candace Dillard Bassett uh, from Real Housewives of Potomac. I am just excited that all my clips, because I had a very insightful interview with the women of strategies, uh, Bergeline Domu, um, Kawala, and Alice Matank Malanti. She, they was all very gracious and just so encouraging. They all seem to have a light around them, which I actually found refreshing. But if you go to the clips, if you actually want to contact or find out about more about these women, you can actually navigate um, to the show notes and, and Instagram. Their Instagram contacts are actually um, in the show notes. And this is from the show from last week, by the way. I'm still giving that plug because I'm actually very proud of that content. Um, it goes along with some of the statements because I'm always just in awe and I'm grateful for the people that not only take their time out to listen to my content, but they also take the time to leave reviews, in particular as leaving reviews on iTunes. Listen regularly, uh, very informative, engaging. That's by chance or needless. Um, insightful and great to listen to. Taylor Madison, great podcast, informative topics. Highly recommend. Love this content by Ronald Burrell. All these are five star. Always top podcast. Keep up the great work. Very motivational. I've learned a lot. Um, and great show. I really enjoy listening to this podcast. I've learned so many good things from every episode that will help me now and in the future. Thanks, y'all. I'm just very, very appreciative of everybody that, again, has taken the time out to listen to the podcast, to leave me comments, to like the show. And it's just, it's joyful. Um, I take the good with the bad in the comments. Um, again, if you would like to leave a comment, uh, and as long as it's not too trolly, you can navigate to timfrowitzreading at gmail.com or just drop some comments in wherever you listen to a podcast. If you listen to the podcast through a player from your browser or from your phone, you don't have the ability to do it. To leave a comment, you have to actually navigate to the application itself to be able to leave a comment. And again, thank you for the time. Thank you for the listens. Thank you for the five stars. You guys are awesome. I am starting this section of Good Black News, still mentioning my last week's interview with the women from Strategies and Black women across the diaspora. I really enjoyed speaking with them as well as um, just learning more about the women highlighted in their book and their next steps. 
in this week's in good black news, I basically, as I was winding up researching for them, I discovered Anita Thomas. She becomes, we're still even all of this post slavery, post civil war, post civil unrest from the civil rights movement, women, black people and black women in particular are still doing a bunch of firsts. And even Ethel um, agrees with me. Dr. Anita Thomas becomes history as the first black woman president in North Central College's 162-year history. She's a champion for racial and social justice. She's a native of Louisville, um, Kentucky. They're still seeing some unrest because that was the city of the Breonna Taylor murder. And now we are finding out the Justice Department has opened up an investigation where they have been put on blast. The police, their police department has been put on blast for wrongdoing. But in Dr. Thomas's tenure, Originally, she was a founding dean of the University of Indianapolis College of Applied Behavioral Sciences, where she was responsible for overseeing academic offerings in mental health counseling, psychology, social work, and art therapy. Now, as a, they call her a veteran educator, she is the first woman and the first Black person president of North Central College's um, history. This is actually straight out of Black Enterprise. And she basically says, having the opportunity to become part of this extraordinary institution is truly a great joy and honor. North Central is preparing our next generation of leaders and in partnership with faculty, students, staff, board, alumni, and the Naperville community, I'm honored, humbled, and ready to lead the college in the next phase of its story history. That is Dr. Thomas's words on her basically becoming the president of this college. How dope is that? I mean, for a bunch of firsts, it's like we're getting more people in a position of power to the table. And it still makes me hopeful for the future. I just would hope that there would be more colleges that are willing to do this instead of the reverse that they're what's going on in Florida and a lot of other red states. I don't think dumbing down education is the right way to go to actually continue for Americans to be productive. It just basically sets us up, you know, to be overtaken by totalitarianism, fascism, because we have a whole bunch of people that are put into positions of power that only allow the most stupid to roll with them and want to make everyone just as stupid as they are. We can't have a functional society where 90% of it is uneducated and are easily uh, led or easily follow. We can't have, we can't be strong if the vast majority of us are stupid. That doesn't make any sense to me. And by people like Dr. Anita Thomas at the table calling the shots, it makes me hopeful that we have some control over the future of this country. 
because it's, it will be a backlash to people that want to continue to turn back the tides, make majority of us stupid so they can have power over the majority. But it makes uh, the whole society and the whole country weaker uh, from invasion and from takeover because that we don't there's not enough of us to figure out and how to fight back. That's what people and having a true liberal arts education and having people like Dr. Thomas calling the shots for us. We can't have a whole bunch of power hungry politicians calling the shots because they are in it for the power. They're not really in it for the good of the society at a whole. So this next section of financial IQ, I get to highlight another dynamic interviewer or interviewee, Bonnie Malden. Bonnie Malden is the author of several books, and she also has her own, uh, not just her own blog, but um, her own podcast, To the Top, on most major platforms. I had the pure pleasure of speaking with her, and quite candid speaking with her, um, not just on financial IQ, but also the current financial crisis or banking crisis. And she's not really a doomsdayer, but she was really realistic. And we're just seeing the thunder of a storm that is brewing on the horizon. She also confirmed what I also thought that we're in a recession. It just has been redefined. She gets into that a little bit more. And she is the CEO of a very growing business, which I think is completely dope. The Malden Group, which is an award-winning marketing company known for taking companies from the bottom to the top. She's been recognized in Business Person of Excellence, Business of the Year, and Martex Magazine's top-ranking SEO consultant and best and brightest by Georgia Trend Mag Magazine. And she had the time, she took out her time um, to come on my little uh, podcast, not only um, to discuss more about financial IQ, but also just talking about things in general. You can find all of her books for immediate purchase on Amazon, or you could actually buy them in the extended podcast notes on WordPress for this particular episode. And without any further ado, I bring you Bonnie Malden. Introduce yourself for my listening audience and kind of go over how we actually had the opportunity to talk and meet. Yes. Yeah, so uh, again, Bonnie Malden, founder and CEO of the Malden Group. We're a professional web design and digital marketing agency. I also invest in real estate and I am starting a television production studio as well. So lots of cool ventures in the works. And Felicia and I connected through my PR team over at EXV Agency. Awesome. I actually had signed up with the meetup site for like tonic relationship for creatives. And it was just really awesome that whoever does your PR responded to our request for uh, a discussion. And that's how also this came about. So again, thank you. I, you sound booked and busy. And I think that's how most of us operate. I wanted to start off this part from a financial standpoint, what is your take on what everyone's financial IQ is in general? 
yeah, different levels. We're all on a financial spectrum where we uh, know things higher higher and lower than uh, others. And um, for the most part, uh, America is, is on a very low spectrum because we're not taught finance in school. Maybe that's intentional so we can all just grow up and get and go in debt and, <laughs> and just have to end up owing people for the rest of our lives. But um, that's another podcast for another day. <laughs> uh, okay. But on the spectrum, you know, you, you got to make time to educate yourself to get on a higher level on the spectrum where you're learning how to invest and uh, get your money growing on a different level. I'm trying to do two things at the same time. I have uh, some plumbers coming by just so you know, <laughs> and they're trying to call <laughs> me at the same time. I'm like, look, y'all need to leave me alone. I'm, I'm, I'm recording here. So <laughs> I think you hit it dead on the head. From a young age, we're taught if you're going to go to school or you're going to work and you make money to basically pay your bills. But no one goes more deeper into that about budgeting um, and managing your money. Definitely not investment. So then you accrue all this debt when you're trying to get your education in some respects, and then you just find yourself on like a hamster wheel, working, 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 but you're going deeper and deeper into debt. So there's like no balance. And where should it start as far as teaching about finances beyond um, giving kids allowance for doing chores, et cetera? What about the management part of that? Yeah, so a great way to set up a budget for yourself is to start with a vision and a goal. Like what type of financial situation would you like to see yourself in? How much money would you like to have? How much money do you need to live the lifestyle that you want? And realistically, what, right? Realistically, yeah, where are you now and where would you like to be? And just, you know, setting up a budget for where you're at and then where you'd like to go, you know? So you have to start with the end in mind, cast a vision, kind of like uh, setting up the GPS in your car before you start exactly. on your journey. You know, you gotta set a, a financial GPS for yourself. Okay, I want to make a hundred thousand. Okay, I want to make a million. I want to make five million, whatever that number is that's special to you. That's the number that you need to set in your financial GPS. And, and then setting a realistic goal for staging yourself milestones on your way to that goal. Mm -hmm. So, for example, all right, I'm only making 30 grand right now. What's my budget at 30 grand? And then once you up level to 50 grand, what's my budget at 50 grand? Once you up level to 100 grand, what's my budget at 100 grand? So uh, finding a way to budget as you scale up and not spending your money on things that's going to take money away out of your pocket on assets that, that don't produce, you know, so you got to invest in businesses, invest in stocks, bonds, and real estate, other ventures that's going to, you know, produce money and take your, your uh, financial level up higher versus taking it lower or keeping it the same. And the reason I mentioned um, a realistic budget is because I think we have so much influences now, especially on um, social media, um, television. Are you located in the Atlanta metro area? I am. 
And realistically, like Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Now, I'm a TV, reality TV junkie, but Mm -hmm. I know the lifestyle that they portray on those shows are not my lifestyle. Right. And I don't want to be the other side of it. I don't want to be like the Carrie Bradshaw was back in the day, you know, Mm -hmm. having $40,000 worth of shoes and she couldn't even afford to buy her own apartment. Right. You know what I mean? So being realistic about where you are and setting realistic goals and a budget and knowing that all of the stuff that you see on TV and social media to a certain extent is make believe what is realistic and true for yourself and meeting those goals. You won't be disappointed because who's going to drop hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in one car? You know, that's ridiculous to me. Why not use the down payment that you would have paid for that and get you a property, flip property, other investments? Wouldn't you agree? I agree 100%, Felicia. And and the deal is you got to stop trying to impress other people, trying to flex, trying to look cool in front of your friends and family and really focus on your finance and what's going to up-level you to the the next uh, next place in in the financial spectrum. And so what I mean by that is... The example you gave just there was perfect. Instead of spending all that money on a car, why don't you spend it on something that's going to produce money for you? Unless that car, you're going to use it to do some um, some gig economy work, you know, Uber, exactly. Lyft, you know, try to get that car in a place where it's making money for you. Rent the car out, something that where that car is going to produce money for you. When you're spending so much time trying to flex, trying to look cool in front of everybody else, trying to look rich instead of actually trying to be rich, then you're going to be uh, on a financial treadmill. You're going to run real fast, but you're going to look around and be in the same spot. You're going to be looking crazy. Like, why am I working so hard but not get anywhere? And that's the frustration. I mean, you, you feel like you're on this hamster trail and you can't understand. But then you look at everything around you, all of these, a bunch of assets and the things, things that are not, there's no return on investment, like at all. No return. But it makes you feel good for the moment, for like five minutes. For, for about five minutes, and then you look at it, and you're like, oh, wow, I could have spent my money so much better somewhere else. Exactly, exactly. But don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm still a purse fiend. But instead of like I was back in the day when I was just coach, I don't, my all end-all be-all is not for name brands and things like that. This is for what is going to get me my return. This is me personally. Through my next step, you know, controlling my narrative and what is going to actually get me there. And if if there is no return, I don't need it. You know, if I don't have cash for it or some, I don't need it. And is it going to help me in my next, in my next several steps? It's like a chess. I think of life as like a chess game. Um, mm-hmm. You have to think a couple of steps ahead and what is it going to cost to basically finance those steps? So right. you, you have to be, but realistic and cognizant and where you exactly having a firm laser focus on where you want to go and being able to pivot if you need to. So. Absolutely. And I think a major step that people can take with their money is uh, to up-level their skill set. So whatever it is that you enjoy doing the most and whatever it is that people tell you that is so good, you're so good at and it's, it's just so easy for you and it's hard for everybody else, whatever that is, that's the skill you need to double down on and make some money off of. And you up-level your skills by taking online courses, taking um, taking up a, a class 
in your local community college, you know, you don't have to spend a ton of money, but, you know, you know, put some investment in you, up-level your skill, whatever it is that you can do, double down on it, skill up, and then charge for that service or product that you want to make money off of. And I'm going to actually make a mention of two services, and I'm by no means um, being paid by either one of them. But you bring up a very good point. Up, you're upping your game. Um, Skillshare is a service that you have access to several different types of courses, whether it can be screenwriting, business, if it's so be it, or even knitting at some time. And also, if you are on LinkedIn, they offer many courses through that platform that you can also gain more skills. One of my friends, um, while she was in between jobs and while she was waiting for her next gig, she basically took the um, opportunity to go through some of these free courses. They're free. A lot of, except for the Skillshare, um, that platform, there is a fee associated with it. Um, But LinkedIn, they do have a lot of free services. Uh, for the people that actually participate in that platform. So mm-hmm. there should be a time where you know you need to uh, take a break and rest, but also being cognizant on what other things that you can do and train that you can get to basically improve your skill set to make you even more marketable as you you know pursue other opportunities. I mean, that's always, it's always a continuum in learning, I think. So, and it's the same thing with business and also about financial. You can't sit on your laurels because there's always something to learn and having a refresher is also key. Would you agree to that? I agree. And I think Skillshare should drop you a check for what you just said. <laughs> I'm going to actually get my um, production manager on that. You need to go ahead and just get on Skillshare, do that. Cut the chat. I'll send you my um, PayPal link. So <laughs> what are your thoughts on um, the current financial crises? And are we at a point where we're seeing the end or are we going to start seeing some more banks actually fold? Yeah, um, so... Everything I say here is a straight up opinion. Always consult with your tax consultant and financial advisor. Don't exactly. take everything I say with a grand grain of salt because I'm I'm just um, spitballing here ideas. But from you know what I can see here, we're on a downward trajectory for the economy. We've been on an upward tra- trajectory for the last uh, ten years plus, and so what goes up must come down. And um, recessions. We're, we're in a recession right now. They're just not calling it one. They just re- redefined it so, you know, they can look good. So what you want to do is realize that we are in a recession now and uh, batten down the hatches, get your, your, your money game tight, focus on making money versus spending money on things that are frivolous and have no purpose and can't produce money for you. Can you pause like one session? Can you explain what exactly is a recession? Because this seems so much different than 2008 and then right up where when Ronald Reagan and during the late 70s with Jimmy Carter again. Can you explain to what exactly is a recession for the newbie? Yeah, so a recession is basically three months or Three months in a row where the money uh, that we collectively make as a country goes down instead of up. And so that has happened already. 
over a year ago. So, but they redefined it to something else. I don't really know what the new definition is, but you know, we're in a recession. But job prospects are good. You know, it's, it's a little bit easier this time around to get a job than it was before. Even though there are massive layoffs, there's a lot of other sectors that are hiring, uh, especially, you know, if you're dealing with like retail or uh, anything in the healthcare space, technology is um, on the downward trend, but other areas really need a lot of help and you can get jobs there. But um, basically, when you're dealing with the recession, you have to focus on up-leveling your skills, saving money, and um, investing money in things that's going to produce for you. So um, getting that side hustle in play where it is producing money for you, and then also scheduling time to rest and time for recreation because you can't burn a candle at both ends and not burn out. So, uh, you know, I know it's tough to have a side hustle and to have a full-time job, but you have to schedule time to rest so you can take care of yourself and you can continue to be healthy, you know, eat healthy, exercise, lose weight if you need to, do things to re- reduce stress because that is the main killer. So we don't want to kill yourself in the process of making money, you know, get rich or die trying. We don't want you to die trying. No, we don't want to do that. <laughs> we <laughs> want you to get so rich. Hard and then can't spend it when you, you know, when you want to or you are completely unable to because you're so sick. Correct. You know. 100% correct. So um, what I'm encouraging you to do, though, is, you know, get those skills up, uh, save your money, stop spending money on frivolous things that don't make sense and um, start investing, investing the money in things that's going to give you a nice return. That's awesome. And in wake of the bank restructuring and and some out and out failure, for example, Citizen Bank just announced, well, not, I think it was last week sometime that they're getting ready to purchase the Silicon Valley. In the wake of a lot of the shakeup in the banking industry, where would you suggest um, saving? Are we back to put money in the mattresses? (laughs) Uh, Where would you you suggest? (laughs) If you put it in the mattress, then you might, you run the risk of getting robbed. You know, people might know the money's in the mattress. Uh, The larger institutions seem to be a little bit safer. Uh, What you're going to see in the banking sector is a lot of banks eating each other up, a lot of mergers and acquisitions. You know, they might eat each other up to where it's only a handful of banks left. Uh, Smaller banks might get ate up by bigger banks. When I say ate up, I mean bought out. And so um, because they want to be seen as too big to fail so they can get bailed out if they need to, like they did last time. So uh, basically what we're seeing here are the rumblings of a storm happening. You know, a storm is coming when the clouds get dark and you start hearing the thunder and seeing yep. the lightning crack. You're like, okay, it's about to rain. I can see, see the clouds and it's getting kind of dark outside. Well, when you see banks um, fold like uh, the Silicon Valley Bank, that's the, that's the thunder. <laughs> that's the thunder. We're about to see a storm happen. And um, I'm not going to say pull your money out the bank, uh, but I am going to say, you know, just be wise with your money. Uh, if you if you feel like something's not right, investigate it, do your research and um, put your money in a place where it's less likely to uh, 
Like, oh, where did that money go? <laughs> exactly. And you can't have no access to it. Yeah, you don't have access to it. They shut it all down. Always have. Um, I used to, for a number of years, I was a contractor and I was on the road a lot. And I always, you travel to make sure that you have um, your credit card or whatever, but you always had a reserve amount of cash to a certain extent, depending on where you were. And I think most people have not just cash, but they also are investigating gold. There's a lot of ETFs that you can also invest in with the return on your money. Again, I was being facetious about putting in um, a mattress uh, (laughs) under the mattress. But you can also there are other modalities that you can also use to move your money into that. It's just not going to collect dust. You can still there's still a return on interest, even in the current financial crisis, even though the banks may not be the number one place. We I would strongly suggest investigating other mechanisms to save money um, Mm -hmm. and to be able to spend the money and also still have a return. Um, Spot gold prices are up. I don't suggest you doing day trading and margins and some other types of that kind of craziness. But there are other ways that you can actually uh, protect your money without having to withdraw it all from the bank and put it somewhere in your house, because that doesn't make any sense to me either. (laughs) You know what I mean? Also, invest in something that is still going to give you a return, Mm -hmm. even in this kind of shakiness, shaky climate. Absolutely. And um, uh, there are so many assets that can grow that you can invest in, like art, um, memorabilia, like um, things that are signed by famous athletes, uh, like uh, baseballs and um, jerseys. These things hold a lot of value, even though it's um, not something you can take to the grocery store and buy buy (laughs) groceries with. But it, it's something that you can cash in later because it because people really like that type of stuff and will pay big money for it. And a lot of people don't realize too, uh, getting a, having a car or having a truck that actually looks nice or whatever, but it loses part of its value as soon as you drive it off of the showroom floor. It makes right. no sense to me. Again, those things and I and I find that because um, I'm a big time Dallas Cowboys fan, you mm-hmm. know. That's like an investment. Those, as you said, those types of things are not only fun to collect, but also are going to hold value as long as you don't mess them up. You know what I mean? Exactly. Don't take them out the package. Don't wear them. Exactly. Don't play with them. Don't let the kids play with them. Or yeah. let the dog claim it as part of their being. You know? <laughs> That's right. But uh, back to the car, the car can be used. Um, you can start a courier service with that car. You can um, get into the gig economy and um, drive for Uber and Lyft um, or Amazon. If you want to invest in a car, definitely use it to make money off of it. And also allow it to pay for itself. Correct. And that's how it becomes valuable. And if you have to give one or maybe two, because we're coming up to the end of the our time together, what should be the goal, financial goal, that you want a takeaway per se? Uh, for the listeners? What would you like to leave the listeners with? Yeah, uh, I've been saying it this whole time and I will continue to say it, you know, up-level your skills, whatever it is you're good at that you love to do that people say you're so good at. You need to double down on it because that's the gift that God has given you and the gift that 
you can share with the world and uh, create financial security for yourself and for your family with whether you're good at cooking, good at writing, photography, uh, you're good at speaking, you're good at uh, coaching, counseling, whatever it is uh, that God has put in you as a gift. And that's easy for you, but hard for everybody else. That's your, what I call excellence. So you need to amplify your excellence by taking classes and um, up-level your skills in that area, get your certifications, get your credentials, whatever it is, uh, bachelor's degree, master's degree, doctorate, whatever it is you need to do to up-level the skills in that area, start a business around that area, or join somebody else's business around that area. And, or volunteer for a nonprofit around that area and just uh, really find somebody who's successful in that area already and befriend that person and, and offer to work for free or as an intern or uh, apprentice just to, uh, you know, get skills from someone who's already done it. So that's a lot of times we try to do it ourselves and, and we fall flat on our face because we uh, don't know what we're doing. We're doing it for the first time. But if you ask somebody who's already done it, that that takes you 10 steps ahead already in the game. And um, yeah, just get your money straight. Have a vision for your money. You're, remember, you're on a financial spectrum. Wherever you are in the spectrum, you can go higher. And uh, you go higher by setting goals for yourself and uh, up-leveling your skills so your income can increase little by little focusing that money on things that's going to make money and give you a good return versus things that's just going to make you look cool in front of your friends. Exactly. Backing up the flex with actual substance. How dope is that? (laughs) And also for the listeners to find you on social media, where would you like to be found on most platforms? Yeah, I'm most active on Instagram and on LinkedIn. I love those two platforms the most. I'm on all the others too, but those are the two where you'll see most of my posts. And I also have a monthly newsletter called To the Top. Uh, my, my podcast is called From the Bottom to the Top. It's on all the major platforms. And uh, you can subscribe to my newsletter at bonniemalden.com. Awesome. And again, thank you, Bonnie. When I saw this gift of Chump in the clink with the tats and the, the ball head or the buzz cut, I wonder if you can buzz cut a toupee and a bad toupee at that or plugs or whatever. I am going to see the day where not only that fool and his coke sniffing kids, allegedly, are all going to be handcuffed and thrown in the clink because they thought that they could use the presidency to mask their dirty dealings, evidently hush money to porn stars, and could just go out here wilding, talking about rape, sexual misconduct, cheating allegations, don't pay taxes, rob the rich, rob the poor to keep your coffers in, But Stormy Daniels said something so interesting. Pussy grab back for what? Uh, 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 uh. Pussy grab back for what? Uh, 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 It is rich. 
that Trump and the, these Republican allies, when when they are held to the same laws that should govern all of us, it's basically we're gaslighting to thinking that it doesn't apply and he can't do any of these things. We know he leaked his possible indictment just to increase the stupid chumpers to donate money for his defense because it's going to go into the hundreds of millions. And we, the American uh, public, should not be paying for it because we're not a part of his pack. I don't believe that he sh- he was never fit to run this country. So I'll be damned if my tax dollars go to another MF and thing to protect his old Weasley, Coke snorting family, allegedly, as well as any legal battles that he does. But this stuff goes back for a number of years. He's been charged with sexual misconduct since the 70s. Now they have enough evidence to indict his ass. And if he didn't do it, then fine. Then they shouldn't have anything. But don't say some bullshit that this is political persecution and election interference at the highest level in history and accuse us Democrats of weaponizing our justice system to punish a political opponent. No, when your political opponent is a sociopath and a rapist, he needs to stand up to trial and get persecuted the same way as he told everybody else to get persecuted. You break the law in this country, you have to get prosecuted. You don't get a buy. You don't pay hush money to make a, a allegation go away. You don't cheat opponents and think it's okay. You don't steal money. You don't move money in offshore accounts. You don't do any of this crap. And you don't try to hide evidence from the FBNI or not pay the taxes to the IRS and think you're going to get away with it. Just because you were president doesn't absolve you from following either tax law or criminal law. I'm so sorry. You need to go sit down. You will be a forever donkey because you think, and also most sociopaths don't think laws apply to them. They only uh, come out boxing when they um, actually get discovered. It's not that they're sorry that they did the crime, that he got away with all these years. He's just using gaslighting tactics to subvert. The Democrats don't have anything to do with your um, criminal activity since the 70s, bruh, because you didn't actually, you weren't in office. You just was an old playboy sociopath doing what you do. And now all of this is blown up in your face because you became president of the United States. If anything, they took long enough to bring your ass to trial because you've been wilding out for 50 years. So with that said, it's about time. The roosters have come home to roost. Clankety clank, don't drop the soap, bitch. The Final Frontier. The stories came, contained within this content are the after 5 p.m. and before 8 p.m. escapades of a middle-aged space nerd with a fro. Continuing to talk about things that only interest me for bonus content. I will talk about space news, pop culture in space, and shop talk. 
ramen and break down the latest episode of Star Trek whatever is coming out from the latest franchise. And also whatever is popping in my head. If you're up for this journey, just know that this is a metered, shade-laced opinion. If you don't agree, don't subscribe. But I hope you will. And thanks for the support. Discovery, um, basically, this is Vile Dance's uh, interpretation of the theme music from most of the Star Trek series, and that's the one from Discovery. And this is a shameless plug for my bonus content, as it is Ten Froze Bar, um, where I talk about all things space. I take deeper dives into Picard, um, and I also talk about uh, Shop Talk. I take a deeper dive, because I haven't figured out the brackets yet, and what's the movement that's going on pre-NFL draft. And I hope you will enjoy me as, and try to do it soon, because the episodes will go behind the paywall when the new episodes um, load. And I thank you for listening. The Shady Bunch, the Shady Bunch. I hope turning up for checks to pay for fake lifestyles were to be a part of the Shady Bunch. I am so here for the Real Housewives of Atlanta this season. Last season, not so much. Um, this season, even though I really liked, oh, what was her name? And her husband has a really cool voice. The four-time Olympic track star. Oh, she's gorgeous and she's so thin. But there's some drama that's coming up because they all moved to Atlanta in one house. But I knew even in the Jamaican family that wasn't going to go. And then Drew and her old sideways gaslighting husband, Ra uh, Ralph or Reggie, whatever that boy's name is, I am so ready for him to be off the show. I'm not so sure I'm good with Drew being on the show. But all I know is this, I think this season is going to be a turn up for a burn up. But then, and then I saw a image of Miss USA falling. And I know she's 50 years old. I think her, she broke her hip. Kenya Moore. Kenya Moore hair care. <laughs> Fall and busted, literally busted her ass. And she may be in the hospital getting a hip replacement or a pin or something to stabilize that joint. Because it looked like she ate it and she may have broken something. But that's neither here nor there. What I am finding very intriguing, it looks like SWV and the Escape experience on Peacock and Bravo wrapped taping months ago and it's just starting to air and there's all of this stuff that's coming out as far as the background between Latasha Scott and her sister, Tamika Scott. They always seem to have an in for candy. I haven't heard so much about Tiny, 
But those sisters are a trip. And one of the previous episodes, I think it was maybe episode two, she blamed Latasha and Rocky for stealing some money from her. And then the mother being complicit in it and basically coming to Latasha's rescue, showing favoritism, et cetera. What I didn't quite understand was the details of it. Evidently, they had some type of deal with this publishing company. And Latasha and Rocky basically changed addresses, had claimed that they were acting on her behalf as her manager, and basically diverted upwards of 30K of her money funds that was supposed to go to Tamika that they diverted for their own gains. They all, she also brings out and shows the receipts. There's also an episode where they say that Latasha, when she got a deal back in the day when they were together before, she had escaped dangling on the edge until that deal was sealed up. And then it was too late because they shelved the album. She basically did the same thing, kind of, with this gospel thing. However, how can you have a gospel album and you live in foul? She admits on a subsequent interview of her and Rocky's open marriage, but he's a perv, so we kind of knew that. But anyways, allegedly, let me put that in there. I want these people to sue me. I'm just getting comfortable here in Chattanooga, so whatever. But she also goes on to state that they had talked about both of them doing a gospel album, but as soon as Tamika asked to split the proceeds down the middle, Latasha went crazy and then scooped her as far as having her own gospel album. And then as part of a production credit for the show, Tamika's image was replaced by Latasha, but they were still using her name. So again, she keep messing with the bag. What I don't understand is why this has continued to be allowed to happen because like one of Nancy who brokered the deal for Soundscape or Soundscape basically said the only way you're going to get your money back is to prosecute. So the only way that she's going to stop this bitch steal thief, even though she is her sister, she's going to have to prosecute her. She's going to have to have something on the books that is either she's going to reverse some of this action about the production credits. She's going to get her cut of this gospel album and she's going to get all of her proceeds back from the publishing from the soundscape deal. But I'm glad that she forgave me. But I forgive you as I did before. Never meant to mention it. I was just pushed in a corner because you tried to destroy me in that first scene. But hey, it's life. And like you said, we're sisters, but not by choice. I find it kind of foul and difficult that she, this, it seems like Latasha has used her relationship as the older sister to basically steal from her own sister. They've known it for years. I think Candy and Tiny have known it for years. And it continued to happen until she became almost 50. She said they're almost 50 years old. And now she's finally saying no. It's just so sad, the level of depravity that exists within Black families and the stuff that people live with and tolerate. 
And then when finally they say no, it doesn't blow up as badly with most of us as it did like on this show. But this is a prime example when you keep secrets and when you are allowed to cut each other in the name of family and the family don't say anything, it doesn't become a big deal until the family member says, hell no. And then the only way that this girl is really going to stop, she's not going to offer any gaslighting fake apologies like Tasha did on Ricky Smiley this past week and them damn crocodile tears. What is going to need to happen is if you really want justice, she's going to have to take it through the court system, which gets dirty and it gets vile. She's going to have everybody come up against her. But that's the only way that this bitch is going to stop. She's been doing this shit for 30 years. What is her incentive to stop at this point? None. I will give you an apology because this right here, it's so it's so dumb. This is probably like 10 minutes of your life that you can't get back because of some childish sister stuff that's going on by my sister and I. So I apologize to you for this mess. This is not the life that we're supposed to show. We're supposed to show a life of forgiveness, a life of love. God did not give us this platform for this. And I apologize for us misusing this platform. And I will not talk about this ever again. Pray for us. I love you. Thank you for your support. And again, to my fans, I apologize for this buffoonery that we've taken you through. It stops here. I have nothing else to say now. I've given you the proof. So now you know who's lying and who's not. Now, back to the real world. And that's it for this episode of 10 for Always Reading. You know, I talked cash-ish all last year. I hope the listening audience will continue to enjoy my opinion and not so subtle shade. I mean, I'm 2,000 listeners per episode in, so go run tell that haters. I may take it on the road if I get hint, hint sponsorship. Navigate to dalesangelsinc.blog for swag and extended podcast notes. Don't forget to hit like or leave a five-star review. It gets me on top of the algorithms and it may just get you on my show. 2023's motto is boss up and get the bag. And as always, tell a friend and thank you for listening.